What a privilege to be with you today, although not there together in the flesh, courtesy of the whole COVID drama and uh, needing to be in isolation. Uh, I've been so excited to join with you, but at least we have this, uh, this uh, mode of uh, communication with technology that's made available for us to be able to uh, share the Word of God together. So let's just dive straight in real quick, real fast. Um, friends, I only have good news for you. Those of you who know me well, you know, I like to carry the gospel. The good news of the kingdom has come. And friends, the kingdom is gloriously advancing. I want to encourage you today. When the prophet Isaiah said of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Friend, there is no end. The kingdom is wonderfully and gloriously advancing to the tune of 174,000 new believers added into the kingdom overnight whilst we were asleep, if you like. Uh, in the last 24 hour period, 174,000 new believers added into the kingdom. Praise God. That's super exciting news. You know, his kingdom is advancing and the kingdom of God is within you and it's within me. Uh, in Luke 17, verse 20, 21, uh, Jesus said this, the kingdom of God does not come with careful observation and nor will they say, see, here it is or there it is. For indeed, Jesus's words, the kingdom of God is within you. The Passion Translation, the kingdom of God is expanding within you. Hallelujah. So friends, uh, more and more people are added to the kingdom daily. Just this week, I had the privilege of, of sitting in court, in Wyong Courthouse actually, with a, a young troubled man who'd been through uh, several dramas with uh, criminal activities and so on. And as I sat with him and I saw the troubled nature in his soul and I could see the distress in him, he uh, wasn't even able to afford or access um, any legal representation. And I was there as a support with him. He was deeply troubled. He was, you know, facing the, the wrath of the court, I think, for the third or fourth time now. And, uh, and I simply rested my hand on his shoulder and I said to him, friend, I have received a great and glorious grace in the kingdom of God, I have received a, a great encounter of peace like that you would dive into a river of it. I've experienced an extravagant forgiveness of everything I've ever done and ever will do wrong. I've experienced a great affection, love from heaven, filling my soul and friend freely. I have received this and as my hand was resting on his shoulder, I said, and now freely I give it to you. And I have to tell you, immediately there was a jolt in his countenance. He, he literally had a radical encounter of this, this grace, this kingdom transference into his own being. And, uh, and uh, I could see that salvation had come as we continued to journey through the day. The kingdom of God is expanding within you. Here's some other good news. Every other week now we have the privilege of preaching into villages in Pakistan. This technology has made it possible for us to minister via Skype. It's hilarious. You really should see this. Um, you know, a guy in, in a remote village in Pakistan will call me on his mobile phone, patch through to Skype on my laptop. And, uh, and what he does is he pairs his mobile phone with a data projector and he has arranged for the data projector to be located in the middle of town in a village somewhere remote Pakistan. 
he'll shoot up onto a big screen in the middle of the village, my image, and, uh, and then he turns the phone around so that I can physically see the villages that are sitting there. And I'll preach the gospel and someone will translate what I'm saying. And as I'm speaking, watching their interactions, literally whole villages, hundreds, thousands of people each, every couple of weeks, giving their hearts to Jesus. Now, friends, th these people are then immediately connected with and being discipled by the, the church network that's on the ground in Pakistan. And I have to tell you, you know, these decisions, people making decisions to follow Christ on pain of death, many of them, many of them with with severe consequences, you know, in terms of converting from a Muslim majority nation faith to, to, to faith in Jesus Christ. But the kingdom is advancing in wonderful measure. Uh, I, I, many of you know a good friend of mine uh, through Impact Nations, um, Randeep, has ministered even in your church at, uh, at Tambiambi. Uh, the campus there, and Randeep, who oversees a house church movement in the north of India, he has now seen that network expand to over 980,000 believers. That's just shy of a million believers following Christ in these days, all being discipled in their faith, again, in a militant Hindu context where people deciding to follow Christ are doing so on pain of death, the kingdom is advancing in the most extravagant way. You know, when Jesus gathered his 12 together, I'm sure I've shared this with you before, but he had 12 people on the earth that were his followers. They reckon at the time there was a global population of 150 million people in the first century. And of that, he's, he's gathered 12 to himself, which the ratio then breaks down one Christ follower for every 12.5 million people on the earth. That's the 12 disciples on the earth at that time. But what we know is that Jesus continued to gather disciples and he sent 72 out to go preach the gospel and heal the sick and so on. And uh, the 72 then reflected in the global population is one in 2.1 million. Notice it's come down, the ratio. Then we're at Pentecost, you know, Christ has been crucified and resurrected again. The Spirit of God is poured out, uh, poured out upon all flesh. Peter is preaching a glorious um, gospel message and 3,000 are, are added in response to that one sermon. That, that puts it at, you know, let's say 3,000 followers of Christ in a global population of 150 million it then comes down to one Christ follower in every 50,000 people. But if you roll the clock on to 100 AD, there's an estimated 1 million Christ followers on the earth, 180 million population. That's now one in 180 that follow Christ. At 500 AD, an estimated 10 million followers of Christ in a global population of 190 million people, it's one in 100. Sorry, one in 19 people follow Christ. Then roll the clock forward again to the year 1000 AD. There's estimated 50 million Christ followers on the earth, 260 million people, global population. It becomes one in five people on the earth following Christ. Today, friends, in 2022. 2.5 billion Christians on the earth, an estimated 7.8, 7.9 billion population. It's now one in three. Friends, we live in a day 
where it is now one person in three on the earth that actually profess to follow in Christ. Kingdom of God is gloriously advancing. I said it to you before, Luke 17, 21, the kingdom of God is not discovered in one place or another for God's kingdom realm is already expanding within you. Now, catch this for a second. Do you know who Jesus was saying that to? Because I reckon if Jesus was saying, hey, you know, the kingdom of God is expanding within Pastor Kevin or the kingdom of God is is expanding within Pastor Andrew or Pastor Jeff or some of you kingdom saints there, you'd be going, yeah, that's right. The kingdom of God is within them. I can see it. I, I testify to it. And, you know, or, you know, if you can even expand that imagination and Jesus is talking to the 12 that he's discipling back in the day, the kingdom of God expanding in the apostle John. Well, of course, you know, the apostle Peter, sure, sure it is, you know. Well, actually, the audience that Jesus is talking to, if you look at it in the verse before, in verse 20, it says this. Now, when Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them. His audience were the Pharisees. Jesus' audience was the very people who were ready to have him crucified, the very people who were ready to get rid of him, the ones who would not recognize him as the son of God, the very people in abject rebellion to his his message who were trying to trip him up and trap him in his language, in his claims to be God. These people, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within them. Friends, this has got to do something to how we think. If Jesus was affirming the kingdom of God is actually within the Pharisees, surely the kingdom of God is within you and I. Surely the kingdom of God is, well, who is the kingdom of God not advancing within? Just a quick story. Only a a week or two back, um, there was a really loud drama going on in our street uh, up in quiet little Lake Munmora. Um, my wife came running up from downstairs and, and, and I thought, oh, what's going on? We were enjoying a coffee together. It was one of those lovely little quiet moments. It was six o'clock in the morning. She goes running off and next my daughter comes running down saying, dad, dad, get out the front, get out the front quick. Mum needs you. Thinking, what's the drama going on at six o'clock in the morning? I walk out the front and there's a guy with his um, car doors wide open, just pulled into our street. He's blaring on the horn. He's screaming obscenities across the street. Like he's clearly quite insane and very, very aggressive. The stereo, the car stereo is full ball. And sadly, it wasn't on Reamer, I can tell you. Um, But but he was pumping out some really trash stuff out of his car stereo. He was screaming obscenities across the street. And my wife thought it would be a good idea for me to get involved. (laughs) Praise God for kingdom women. Amen. Anyway, so I walk out to to go and figure out what am I going to say to this guy. And uh, I noticed that it's garbage bin, you know, night. And so I was going to go and just collect the garbage bins. And he, he comes over to me and he's so threatening and so aggressive. He's screaming obscenities at me. He's, he's you know, like he's ripped. He's a full, you know, big six foot two, four kind of guy um, and muscles and tats and, and just screaming at me. Right, and I'm just, oh, mate, it's okay, it's okay. I've just come to get the garbage bins and, and wheel my bins back inside, back into hiding for a moment. And then I just had this conviction. The man is so deeply troubled. And uh, and so I dragged my little carcass back out onto the street again. And he came back at me again. And he said things like, um, 
I'm going back to jail and you're my ticket back in. I'm going to I'm going to cause incredible you know physical damage to you. The police will arrest me. I'll be back in jail. He I can't actually say what he was saying, but it was obscene and it was extremely violent and he was walking straight towards me. And I said to him in that moment, friend, I'm a man of God and I just want to pray for you. I see that you're troubled. What's your name? He said, my name's Troy. I said, could we just turn the music down because I want to pray for you. And he walked straight over to his car, turned his music off, thinking this is going all right. <laughs> and I just put my hand on his shoulder and I just called forth the kingdom of God. I blessed him with a measure of peace and instantly, instantly peace came upon him. He became settled and rational. He began speaking appropriately. Um, we then discovered that, that he, yes, he's been involved in, in illicit drug use and selling and dealing and, and lots of severe crime and activity in that regard. He also has compounding mental health challenges. And, and so his mum and I, and we got him to uh, the hospital and they helped him. And, uh, and the whole story, the whole narrative of that man's life shifted in a moment because the kingdom of God is advancing. The kingdom of God is expanding within us and it's expanding within others as well. Amen. Just want to give you a passage from Luke chapter 5, verse 38 and 39. You'll know it very well. It's the new wineskins passage. But here it is in the Passion Translation. New wine must always be poured into new wineskins. Yet you say, ah, the old ways are better. And you refuse to even taste the new that I bring just want you to hear that for a moment. This is Jesus speaking. You say the old ways are better and you refuse to taste the new that I bring. Friends, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the people refusing to taste the new that Jesus is bringing. And he is bringing something new. Hey, look, I'm glad that you guys are gathering with young people, with children in your congregations now. I think that's a good day in the kingdom. Uh, we've been meeting during the lockdown uh, in a house church kind of context. We call it community tables. And in that space, you know, we've got neighbours and pre-Christians. There's a few seasoned saints that have joined with us as well. But by and large, they're, they're brand new Christians or people who are yet, yet to give their hearts to Jesus and follow him. Uh, but they connect with us every few days, every every week at least, and we uh, we share our story, our, our narrative, our, our gospel message uh, together in community. And just a couple of weeks ago, my eight-year-old Malachi was given the responsibility of leading communion. And how's this? Eight-year-old kid with his buddy who's, who's 11 years of age, he and his buddy, they lead communion, and they start by getting all of our group to read the whole chapter of Hebrews 11. It's called the faith chapter. I'm sure many of you are familiar with it. And uh, and it's the heroes of the faith. And and for some random reason, my, my son and his buddy decided that's what we were going to do. And I'm sitting around this table. There's 30 plus of us sitting around the table, pre-Christians, gay people, you know, random neighbours that have just come for the first time. Some people who've been in the church for many years. We're all there together. And my son gets each of us to take turns in reading Hebrews chapter 11. And at the end of it, he says, now, just a quick question. Does anybody know any of the people in this passage that we've just read? 
And, and one of our pre-Christian neighbours says, oh, yeah, I've heard of that guy, Noah. Like, he's the guy who had the really big boat and all the animals came in and stuff like that. And, you know, even the somewhat biblically illiterate people within our community could even connect. Oh, yes, I've heard that name. I, I've kind of got an, an idea about that story. And there was lots of sharing and, and at varying degrees of depth and maturity and then the two boys take this communion to a space of now the faith that these guys were commended for in the Bible, that same faith we're going to activate right now as we take communion. And then they pass the bread around and the cup around and they said, and this is Jesus's body broken for us. This is the blood of the new covenant that was poured out for us. Take and eat in remembrance. And and I could see faith increasing, not only in my own experience and some of the saints around, but the pre-Christians who were partaking of this meal together with us. You could see, okay, there's an activation of faith that's coming even as we partake and share. And so the ministry of kids, I tell you what, kids leading the saints and pre-Christians into an awareness of faith through communion, that's a new wineskin. That's a new wineskin. The, the idea that the young people, the children in our, our faith communities bringing something of a great grace. Let's not be people who, uh, who don't even want to taste the new that he's bringing. Let's, let's embrace the new wineskin. My 14-year-old, again, just recently, it was last week, I think, around our, our house church community table environment, um, he, his contribution was a scripture he said, I just feel to bring this scripture and he read it to us. And I tell you what, I nearly fell out of my seat. How's this? John, First uh, John chapter 4, verse 17. First John chapter 4, verse 17, he reads to us. Love has been brought to its full expression in us because all that Jesus now is, so are we in the world. And I thought about it and I said, son, read it again. Love has been brought to its full expression in us because all that Jesus now is, so are we in the world. Another translation says it like this. Love has been perfected amongst us because as he, Christ, is, so are we in this world. What a glorious idea. Not that we are looking to try to accomplish or to be or to strive toward, but in actual fact, the testimony of the scripture, love has been brought to its fullness, full expression, perfected in us. What a gloriously liberating word. Just as Christ is, so are we on the earth. Friends, this is a truth. This is a new wineskin. This is a new way to consider who we are as Christ is redeeming and reconciling all of his creation we have to understand it in our own lives, in our own experience. Hold on a minute. Love has been perfected in me. Now, again, if you were saying this about oh, the beloved John, you know, the Apostle John, who, who's reclining on Christ's breast at the, at the Last Supper. Yeah, yeah, like the, the Apostle of Love, John. Yeah, I, think that, I could see you could, you'd say that. But he's actually saying, John is saying that amongst us, of, of us. Love has been perfected amongst us. It goes further, Romans 10, 4, hear this, for, the, for Christ is the end of the law. And because of him, God has transferred his perfect righteousness to all who believe. Friends, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 
This is a new wineskin. This is a new consideration. Yes, the old is gone and the new has come. You are a new creation. You are, in fact, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I was raised in a healthy environment of, oh, do you remember the bumper stickers, bumper stickers that used to be on the back of cars back in the day? I remember it, you know, in the late 80s and the early 90s and Christians had these stickers on the back of their cars and it was, you know, this little fish symbol or the little Christian guy with a halo over his head and it says, Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. And I think it was, I don't know, someone's way of sort of, telling the world, hey, look, don't, don't expect too much of us, you know. Um, we're going we're gonna to mess up. And do we? Yes, absolutely. But actually, what does the Word of God say? Wow, love has been perfected in you. As Christ is, so are you. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Friends, I reckon it's time for a new wineskin. The new wineskin is these, these ideas of what the Word of God, the living Word of God, Christ is saying to us. Love has been perfected in us. Just as Christ is, so are we on the earth. He's transferred his perfect righteousness upon us. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, here's a key. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. So then, from now on, we have a new perspective that refuses to evaluate people merely on their outward appearance. For that's how we once viewed the anointed one. But no longer do we see him as a, with limited human insight. Uh, another translation says it, like this, says it like this. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once had known the Christ according to the flesh, yet we now know him no longer thus. Um, friends, there's an exhortation here for us to just stop looking at each other through the eyes of the flesh, through the carnal mind, through how we might have once seen people, how we might have once even seen Christ. But now to see with eyes of the Spirit, to see by the Spirit of God, to recognise the Spirit of God in one another, to recognise the expanding kingdom within one another, to recognise love is actually perfected in you and you and you, to recognise that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's We can no longer afford to look at one another with eyes of the flesh or look according or measure according to the measure of the flesh. Instead, we've got to look to look at one another by way of the Spirit, by means of the Spirit, to recognise one another by the means of the Spirit. Now, just in finishing, I feel like we need a measure of faith just for what I want to share in finishing. And again, I'm drawing from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. It says this, that God was reconciling the world in himself to Christ Jesus. That God, sorry, I beg your pardon, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. Wow, God reconciling the whole of the world to himself in Christ Jesus, no longer not counting people's sins against them. Friends, this is the word of God. This is the living word of God. God is no longer having a big drama with people's sins to count it against them. <clears throat> Instead, he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. And then if you read in John chapter 20, verse 20 and 20, 21 to 23, <clears throat> Jesus told them this, just as the Father has sent me, 
so now I am sending you. Gee, it's almost like with all authority, it's almost like the Matthew 28 Great Commission. Just as the Father has sent me, now I am sending you. Can you hear it? <clears throat> Taking a big deep breath, he blew on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. I send you to preach the forgiveness of sins and people's sins will be forgiven. Hmm. Whoa. I send you to preach the forgiveness of sins, to announce, to declare sins forgiven. Friends, marry that up with the scripture we just read. The Father is no longer counting people's sins against them. Preach that people's sins are forgiven. But if you don't proclaim the forgiveness of sins, then they remain guilty. If you do not forgive sins of any, then they are not forgiven them, the New King James says. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. Wow. Wow. The authority to forgive sins. Look, I was all good with that when it was up to Jesus. But friends, this is the commission from Jesus to his followers to commission us to preach the forgiveness of sin and to forgive them of, of their sin. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. Wow. Now, friends, I don't know about you, but I reckon Christians, we've become known for preaching the guilt and condemnation for sins rather than the forgiveness of sin. We've been really, really excellent at pointing out the error, the falsehood, the, the drama, the, the, the sin in people's lives rather than actually preaching to them the forgiveness of sin. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. Wow. So <clears throat> I just believe in Jesus' name for a great measure of faith to be upon you as you activate this word that I've had in my heart to share with you. Um, I want to pray for you. Uh, I want to pray and commission you just as Jesus had commissioned his disciples. I feel like as a, as a grace on me in, in the ministry of evangelism, I feel that, that I could confer to you a, a blessing to, to be the reconciliation of God uh, on the earth to your neighbours to your work colleagues, to unsaved members of your family, uh, to those that you connect in with even in the supermarket, to the guy going off his nut in the front of the at the front of the house at six o'clock in the morning, to the young man trapped in his cycle of crime in the courthouse. I, I just want to bless you. So let's pray together. And Father, just as you have sent your son Jesus, and just as Jesus is sending us, so in the name of Jesus I bless and commission the people of Coast Community Church. I bless and commission them. I send them now just as you have sent me, just as you have sent your son, Jesus. And I breathe on you now. I, I breathe on you and say, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive him. Receive the empowering presence of Holy Spirit. And I send you to preach the forgiveness of sins and people's sins will be forgiven them. I bless you to carry a gloriously advancing gospel of the kingdom. I bless you to, just as you have freely received of the kingdom, to freely impart it, to freely give it away. Friends, I bless you to partner with Christ in these days in the reconciliation of all things and of all people in your neighbourhood, in your workplace, in your school, wherever you are here in the region of the Central Coast, I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.